There's no better time than right now. Welcome to You Will Die, episode one with Roger Emmer. Let's go. What's we're, up? We're stoked to have you, man. Um, yeah, I we got to spend this last weekend together at, uh, at ComplexCon. We had a great time. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'll give a little bit of a background. Roger um, is working on some really cool projects that we'll let him, you know, dive into. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, we're really excited to get to, to know you, have a deep conversation um, and, uh, and learn. So let's go. I'm feeling good. I got this liquid death mountain water. Which, by the way, Oof. like reminding me that I will die, by yeah. the way. Yeah, so. you, you will die, Roger. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So the, the point of this podcast, just to preface is to help us remember that, you know, life on this earth is finite. And, uh, the region reason why Rogers on this podcast is because to me, he, he embodies someone that is doing what he loves and something that gives him energy. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited, Roger, to learn from you and, uh, and share this knowledge with everyone else. Awesome, man. I'm stoked to be here. And as we've spent some time and gotten to know each other a little bit, I just, I can feel the passion that you have for, for you will die. And, um, I'm excited to be part of, uh, it's impetus. So, or is that the right word? Okay. Impetus. Let's go. That sounds nice. Okay. (laughs) So, um, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Yep. Um, to, for everyone that's listening, Roger right now is working on an NFT project. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm really interested in, Roger, is what has led you to this point. I've talked to you and, you know, it's almost like, you know, a fat kid at the candy store, like your eyes <laughs> light up. And so it's really cool to see. But what is, what I'm really interested in understanding is like, what has led you to this point where you can put your creative energy into this space? And how'd you get here? Yeah. Well, that's a pretty big question. Um and to to answer it, I think we we might have to go way back a little bit. Let's take it back. <laughs> you know, um, I think so. Growing up, I've always been interested and involved in kind of subcultures and countercultures, and I've been someone who loves to collect things, and I've been someone who, um, you know, kind of maybe does things that are a little bit different than kind of, I guess your standard run of the mill person. I didn't play sports growing up. I rollerbladed like a maniac. Um, Growing up, I was in, you know, I'd collect pogs. I would collect um, X-Men stuff, cards. I would collect um, comic books. Um, And I kind of get in this, this thing where I just get into something, I find something new and it, I become completely obsessed with that thing. Would you say that you have an obsessive personality where it's really easy for you to find something that you obsess with? Um, yes. Cool. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> My doctor might say that too. <laughs> just kidding. No. Um, yeah. You know, I'll find a new thing, whether it's technology, I've been really into consumer technology as maybe, you know, as I've been gotten a little bit older, um, we can talk about that um, a little later if you want, but whatever it is, um, I'm, I go deep down the rabbit hole. So I'm buying a new TV, I'm getting new gear, like a bike or whatever it is. Like I just go all in on that thing and I'll spend probably way too long, like weeks of research and just, you know, kind of 
it kind of takes over my whole thought process. Um, and I've always been into technology. Um, and I've always been, I've, I've spent most of my career working in consumer technology. Um, and what's happening in this world of NFTs and, and in what, what I think people who are close to this movement would call web three is just really, really exciting to me. Um, we can talk about all of the reasons why, but it feels very much like we're on the cusp of another frontier in technology to me. And we're super early. Um, and I'm in a position now where I feel like I can contribute and I can go um, make things and um, be a part of it. Add. So yeah, it seems yeah. like with Web 2.0, um, from my perspective, at least, we didn't really know that it was coming because there wasn't the technology to let everybody know that it was coming. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it was like, it was here. Mm-hmm. It's almost like with web 3.0, everybody knows or they, they like, you know, they hear on social media about it, but they yeah. don't actually know what's going on. You have yeah. to be really deep into it to understand. Yeah. I think people, um, when you talk about crypto or you talk about NFTs, it is, um, completely misunderstood by people who aren't in, in it. Yeah. Um, and you've got Jake Paul throwing out stick yeah. figure memes and <laughs> yeah. And it's just really, really exciting. So, um, so I, I just love it. Yeah. Um, and it's caused us to, to do a bunch of experimentation. You know, when I first, everyone who's listening to this now probably has heard of what an NFT is or has some kind of idea of what it might be. Yeah. Um, and it really wasn't that long ago, but when I started collecting and buying them, um, earlier this year, uh, people thought I was crazy to go spend, you know, a, a, a generous couple, amount of money yeah, yeah. on a picture of a Did, cartoon, you know, digital art. Yep. Um, and they, they just wouldn't like, and I couldn't stop talking about it and they just wanted me to shut up about it. Um, now <laughs> I can't, I literally can't get people to stop asking me about NFTs. Like Every single day, there's a new conversation about it. Someone who's interested, someone who's asking me to go, hey, why can't I just give you money and you can go buy them for me and you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's really exciting. So um, so we've been working on a project that uh, we think is a lot of fun, but um, the, the amount of innovation, the amount of creativity, just the uh, amount of just honest, good vibes and people really... Um, feeling like you can go, you know, we can go take on the world and we can change the way that, you know, the internet has been one of the, the greatest invention um, that, that we've ever had. And we're lucky enough to have, you know, lived at a time where we can experience that. Um, and the way that I look at what's happening in with blockchain tech and, and web three that's all going to get reinvented again. For so sure. it's really exciting. What do you what do you feel like the problems with web 2.0 are that we're attempting to solve with web 3.0? Like what what are we trying to solve here? Yeah. Yeah, so um you know, there's some there's some really good gurus out there who who I have taken a lot of my knowledge from. So some of these thoughts are not you know, I'm not going to cl- claim them as my own, yeah. but um there's a guy you should look up. His name is Chris Dixon. Um, I've been listening to a bunch of stuff with him lately and uh, just one of the best people at explaining this stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So if you kind of look back at um, what's happened with the internet, you know, in the in the very beginning with what w- what would be called Web 1.0, um, we had the invention of kind of these open protocols that allowed people to go build things um, on top of these this code, right? So Google kind of was born um, from that era. Mm-hmm. We have things like email. Um, and no one owned that, right? right? Like the tools to go build those things, no one was stopping the founders of Google from going and doing that. Right. The tools existed, they were put out there. The people that built them wanted people to go create with it. Um, and because of that, really a, a lot of really cool things have happened and it kind of changed the way we live our life. Um, and then if you look at kind of what I guess people would call Web 2.0, that, that really happened with mobile. Um, it happened with social media, Facebook, but mobile and apps were kind of the beginning of that. And a lot of really awesome things have happened because of that as well. Right? Like we all have our phones and we can't live without them. Um, like, you know, the connectedness yeah. kind of, yeah. I don't even know if that's a word, but the connectedness of, you know, community. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And social media has been a, an incredible way to keep people connected Um, but if you kind of take a step back at what's happening, really, you have like five companies that now control the internet, right? Right. The entire thing. It's like Apple, Google, Facebook, maybe it's just Apple, Google, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, TikTok maybe, but the majority of what's happening online is owned by these big corporations. It's, and as users, we get a lot out of it. We, um, have these apps that are really easy to use. We can go on and connect with people. But if you build up a following, um, you don't really own that following. You don't right. even own your username on Instagram. You can't yeah. take that with you. And you can't really take your following from one um, platform to another. Some kind of you can, but not You really. can cross market maybe, yeah. but you can't actually take those and, you know, yep. cut, paste into another. Exactly. Okay. And... Um, we're, uh, the users are creating all the content and I mean, some people are making money off of it, but really the people who are benefiting from that is, yeah. is the companies, right? So they're providing tools, users are providing content and there's kind of a trade off there. Um, the promise of web three really is a promise of decentralization and um, an internet that's by the people and for the people and owned by the people. So right. um, when you talk about cryptocurrency, I think that's just like a very small part of it. I think um, blockchain and cryptocurrency, you know, people think of that as the future of money. And I, I believe that's going to be the case. But um, when, when I look at blockchain tech, I think of it not as the future of money, it's the future of internet, of the internet. And it kind of, and it kind of like introduces, and again, this is not necessarily my thoughts, but, um, uh, but, but pulling a little from Chris here, um, the easiest way to think of web three is it introduces digital ownership. We've never had that before, right? Like you don't own the likes on your Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, account. You don't own your Instagram username. They could deplatform you at any time. Um, for, for whatever they, for whatever they decide. Yeah. Yeah. And with Web3, um, the concept of these tokens 
introduces digital ownership. So right. I think what most people are um, familiar with is what what we would call in this space a fungible token, which is a cryptocurrency. So I have a Bitcoin, you have a Bitcoin. They um, have derived some value through a number of reasons because there's been work and energy and uh, money put into mining those yep. coins, but also because people have just decided that we're going to put value um, behind these assets. Um, and so there's this idea of, of ownership there. And then what an NFT does is it really just introduces, like I can own not just a currency, but I can own a digital asset. Mm -hmm. I can have ownership of a picture, a digital picture or of a song or of it could represent a whole number of things. Right now we're really seeing it being represented with art and kind of collectibles, but I think that's just kind of the uh, the beginning. So when you talk about Web3 and what makes it so exciting, it, it, it really introduces um, this idea that there's a future internet where we as, as people can own it yeah. and not, not some company. And what I think is, so at ComplexCon, right, one of the things you mentioned was the community around it, which with any activity, right, the community is what really drives the activity. Yep. But I, I don't know that I've seen a more excited and inclusive mm -hmm. community than that of the NFT world. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not even just NFTs, but cryptocurrency in general, right? Yeah. Um, and it seems like it's, hey, just like you said, we're putting the power back in the creator's hands. So we yep. went to this, for everyone listening, we went to this event. Um, there's an NFT creator. It's called Creatures, yep. right? Creature and um, Creature World. Yep. Creature World. I'm yep. sorry. Check it out. That's yeah. But they're commonly referred to as creatures. So yeah. And uh, Danny Cole. Yeah. Is the artist, mm -hmm. and he was there. And these dudes are like, they're just so excited to be alive. Yep. And to be meeting these people. Mm -hmm. They actually signed our shirts. Yep. They weren't on our bodies. We we put them on the on the <laughs> ground just to yeah. clarify. But yeah. Um. There's a lot of, you know, in other communities, there's a lot of exclusiveness. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not a part of this. Yep. And I, I think what brings the NFT world together is the idea, hey, it's it's us against the establishment. It's us against, you know, whatever that, you know, against the exclusivity yeah. of Web 2.0, yeah. you could say. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, when I kind of got started in this world, I didn't have a clue what I was doing literally that's, that's no idea yeah. i mean and most people don't right like why do you think you started then uh because um i i well really i got into it because some people that i had followed you know kind of thought leaders in the tech space um that i followed for you know over a decade yeah. got really excited about nfts and i was like hmm this guy's been right on a lot of stuff. So I want to, and he was just so freaking excited about it. He, do, he does a podcast. His name's Kevin Rose. Um, and he just kept talking about it. And so um, it, uh, it just kind of, you know, raised my spidey senses a little bit and made me want to go explore. Yeah. Um, and then what I realized is I started, like I said, um, I was one of these people. Um, crypto is completely misunderstood, yeah. you know, and I misunderstood it. I didn't understand what the promise of Ethereum and a programmable blockchain and um, and being being able to build apps on top of off of, on top of these blockchains. I didn't I didn't get that. And once 
I did, it was almost like this, and people often refer to it as this, like this Alice in Wonderland experience, like an oh, awakening. Yeah. It's like, Oh my gosh, it's never going to be the same again. So, um, I, you know, that's kind of how I got into it. Just some people that I, a few people that I really had followed had just were super excited, but to the point, um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, a lot of this talk, um, and this movement that we're talking about happens in an app called discord, which is a web two app, but it's a really great tool. Um, and it was designed for video gaming, but, um, or, you know, gaming and, and communicating with your friends while you're playing games. But now it's been adopted by crypto people. Right. And I started just getting in these discords and literally people who I I hadn't, they didn't know who I was. I had no idea who they were. They were. And they just like open arms, just ask any question. We'll teach you everything from how to set up a hardware wallet to what DeFi yield farming is to how to buy an NFT. Tons of abundance. It sounds Mm -hmm. like. Yep. And so now I, I have that same feeling. It's funny if you were to go pull the 20, call it 10 to 20 people who are closest to me and spend the most time around me, every single person is completely obsessed with crypto now. <laughs> You're contagious. Yeah. And, but it's, it's, I mean, it's my excitement, it's but it's living through Roger it's, Emmer. Yeah. It's the, it's the excitement of the community. So it's very, very, just a whole bunch of really passionate people. Yeah. Um, who are spending their free time, you know, going and, and working on this stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I'll pull from Chris. He says, he, he said in a podcast, what, what really smart people are doing. I, I don't claim to be a really smart person, by the way, but what really smart people do on the weekends is what the rest of us will be doing for a regular job in 10 years. Wow. And so you, he, he, he kind of like, pulls that back to the early days of the homebrew computer club with Steve jobs and Steve Wozniak going and, you know, building the personal computer. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about what you just said. (laughs) Can you say that again? Um, what, what really smart people do on the week, their nights and weekends is what the rest of the world will do as their careers in 10 years. Wow. So, um, there's just a whole bunch of just, you know, yeah. Like you said, kind of, um, uh, uh, passion around building, um, building a better future of the internet, solving some of the problems that we've, we've kind of either built ourselves into a corner with, with the way we, you know, companies have decided to build or how, how it's just unfolded. But, um, the other thing I think that's really exciting is it, it creates insane opportunities for artists. Um, right. if you look at, um, you know, the word starving artist, it's not a coincidence. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a word that it's a na- nickname that's been given because it's really, really hard to make a living um, doing art. Um, and there's just so many cool stories of people who have made it in the last 12 months, just completely transformed their lives. A couple that I, I find super interesting um, so there's a woman named her, her, I don't know her Twitter handle. I think it's just Betty.eth on Twitter. She is the artist behind a project called dead fellas. And there are these little zombie characters. Um, and, uh, she posted a tweet that I saw this morning that said, and, and she's kind of been chronicling this through for the last few days. She's been trying to buy a house and she says, I can't believe I just got accept, um, an offer I put on a house just got accepted. Um, less than 12 months ago, I got evicted three times 
because I couldn't pay rent. Wow. Um, you know, we met someone, um, we met Danny Cole, who's a 21 year old artist <laughs> and super cool. And, um, basically brought to life, um, uh, a project that he's been drawing since he was a kid called the creature world and incredible. And he's made a whole bunch of money. Um, we also met, um, another artist at complex con that goes by the name of few Who's an 18 year old transgender, um, artist. And if, you know, just think about that 18 years old, transgender artist, think about the amount of challenges that that person is going to have, um, in the current society that we live in. Right? right. Um, and he has made nearly $20 million in the last six months selling his NFT art. Insane. They auctioned some of his work at Christie's. If you know what that is, they're like a legit art auction house that like auctions, real paintings and you know, the places where the rich people hang out. They did an auction for some of his work and it literally broke their website. There was so oh much demand. Gosh. They had to cancel the auction and start it again a couple of days later. Um, wow. So it's not only transformative um, from what, you know, what the future of the internet looked like. It's literally, it's kind of like a digital renaissance. It's almost like literally, a period in, yeah. in our lives that I don't think, will ever experience again. And, and really in the history of the world, like we've never, no. um, we've had very few times, especially around art and um, kind of creators being able to, um, uh, you know, be able to do what they love and, and make a living off of it. So it's really cool. Yeah. What I, what I, what I think is so powerful about this, um, when I think about life, like I'm going to take this and draw it back, but when I think about life, um, the times when I felt the most alive have been when I'm creating. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not always painting. It's not always drawing, right? Yeah. Um, creating is, is literally putting energy into something and watching it materialize. Yep. Uh, whether that's you know creating a new skill, whether it's creating a new friend, a new relationship, that's all creation. Um, And I think the universe rewards us for that. Mm -hmm. And so what I think is really cool is we're almost creating this um, symbiosis between creators now now with web Mm 3.0 between creators and how they're rewarded. Yep. If that makes sense. It's like now, now we're putting power into these creators hands Mm -hmm. and they're being rewarded the way they should monetarily. I I think they do it in the beginning. That's why they create in the beginning first place is they, they found that that's what gives them energy yep. and now society is able to reward them in the way that they should be rewarded mm-hmm. um in your life so i want to take it back a, a, a second so in the beginning you said that you you have an obsessive personality mm-hmm. for my own um benefit was there a point in your life where you realized that um you enjoyed like an individual moment or was it or gradually that you started to realize oh I really like collecting things and I love the community that it builds. Yeah. Um, that's a hard question. I know, I know it's hard because it's like you're looking yeah. back in this, this like your life, yeah. but for, to add some context for me, I just for me, maybe other people listening aren't this way. Yep. 
I've had to be very intentional about dissecting my life and saying, Hey, what gives me energy Mm -hmm. and what takes away from it? And I found that the things that give me energy, I actually knew that they gave me energy yeah. since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I loved like skateboards. Yep. I would take those things apart. I'd break down the bearings. I would like figure out how to make them more efficient. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd build like all this different stuff with my hands. And I just remember that that's like your true nature. Mm-hmm. And so as I go through life, I'm trying to add more of those things into my life. And it took me one day, I had an epiphany and I was like, wow, that I love that. Yeah. Like I like building. I like creating. Yeah. How can I use my skills and align that with what gives me energy? Yeah. And so that, I guess that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. Was there a point mm. where you realized that? Um, yeah. So I guess, like I said, you know, if it's funny, you ask my, you know, you ask my mom, shout out to my mom, like, Hey, was Roger into collecting things? She would probably laugh and really? she, she would know of 10 things that I can't even remember doing, but uh, everything from, like I mentioned earlier, pogs, trading cards, comic books. Um, I got really, really into those tech deck skateboards when so I was fun. a kid. Yeah. And I would have, I had Let's like bring them back tons of those. I think they're kind of making a comeback. I saw some at Urban Outfitters the other day. <laughs> um, the nineties are back. Uh, <laughs> you know, this might sound weird, but I collected pets. I always wanted some kind of reptile or like small it. mammal or something. I love it. Um, and, and then, so I think that's just always kind of been a part of me. Um, I just, you know, I like to chase after the rare thing. I like to, um, you like to be different. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a good, yeah, that's, it kind of sounds corny to say that, but I, I don't want to be the same. You know it's, how many people say that, but are, are they're the same? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to be different, but they're yeah. not. Cause it's really hard to be different. <laughs> Right. Um, to kind of go and be your authentic self and kind of like show that to the world, it's kind of scary. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and, and we talked about rollerblading. Like I, I spent probably 20 plus years doing that. And I started it when I was a kid just because it was fun, like with my friends skating around, playing hockey and, you know, making the jumps and, uh, you know, little ramps and hitting those in the street. Um, and then rollerblading became this insanely popular sport for a small period of time and it completely went away. Yeah. Completely. Like if you look back, I'm, um, there was, you know, the only people that were left doing it were the people who really loved doing it. Yeah. We met them. Yeah. We weekend. met some of them. Yeah. And I was that, you know, you were there and you saw me meet some of my friends and I'm literally calling out, Hey, that's this person. And that's this person. That guy was the guy when I was like 12 years old and he's still here at this event. Um, and so I just think, you know, I'm drawn to those groups of people that are really passionate and authentic and, um, just, you know, love to do what they love to do. And just because, sports aren't my thing. Like you can get that same kind of energy from a team or from you right. know, whatever that is. But, um, yeah, I've always just been drawn to these like passionate communities of people. It's cool. just, it feels really. Was like, there ever a point in your life where you maybe got away from that? <laughs> well, yeah, dude, you yeah, know, and then it made you realize that that's what you, yeah. Love. Um, I, I've kind of had a little bit of that in the last year, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm, 38 years old and I've, you know, now have almost a couple decades in my career. 
And if I look back on it, I've been pretty lucky to have some really cool experiences and uh, have been blessed to, you know, work with some really great people and gain some good experience and talent, you know, leverage my talents um, to help make a difference in companies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've taken jobs that I didn't necessarily want to do, or I've done things that um, kind of, you know, you get caught in the nine to five rut of life for sure or whatever. And I think, I think a lot of us had this introspective moment with COVID and like all the different crazy things that have happened over the last year. Um, and, and I had a little bit of that too. Um, and it also just so happened to correlate with, you know, time where things felt a little bit stale or, you know, like I've been kind of doing the same thing for the last um, uh, you know, however long, right. Just in my personal life. Um, and, and then I kind of found this new world of people in this new community to go connect with. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's the longer you work in your professional life, I think the easier it is to kind of just like fall into the mundane and just like, Hey, this is what's expected and this is what's normal. And I'm going to go do my job and I'm going to have a good family life and all those things. And that's great. You know, if that's what people, if you get energy from that, then that's great. And I have, I have a family and I love spending time with them and I have a, I have a job outside of the NFT that I really like. Um, and I work with a really uh, fun group of people, but I think the thing I realized is, um, like you said, like if you have a desire to go do something, you just need to go do it. And there's going to be a million reasons why you shouldn't do that or you can talk yourself out of it. Um, I've always wanted to kind of start a little business or project. And I've been in my professional career for 18 years and I just barely did it for the first time. Um, do you think you had a couple of reasons why you shouldn't like, did those cross your mind? Like, Oh, I shouldn't start this because of this or yeah. Do you think that existed? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> Oh, well, you know, it's safer to put energy into, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if what it if doesn't it? work? What if people think it's stupid? What if I, I don't have money to do this, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Um, and what I've found and maybe, maybe there's some of this excitement and draw to, to web three that's playing in my favor is none of those things really mattered, you know? Um, I have a team of 10 people working on um, this project with me, and none of them are getting paid up front. Not a single person. And everyone is super excited to work on the project, I'll tell you that. And that, by the way, that's a huge testament to you as, you know, an individual and who you are, that they trust you. Right. Yeah. And, and I think from, from oh. our conversations too, um, would, would those 10 individuals be disappointed if something monetarily didn't pan out? Yeah. I'm sure they would be bummed. Is that in your opinion? And I'm not trying to like lead the witness. Yeah. Is that why they're doing this? Well, I know it's not because almost to a single, to an individual, they've all told me that privately, like, Hey, just so you know, I just, this is really fun. I like the people we're working with. And if it doesn't make money, then that's not even why I'm doing it. So how, how do you as an individual, how are you like, that is a leader right mm-hmm. there. 
what would you say? And I know these are like <laughs> prime, but like, how are you able to convince 10 people to put a significant amount of time and energy into a project on a web project that really isn't even established yet building NFT art on a digital mm-hmm. space without any guarantee of pay. Like how are you able to do that? Yeah. Huh. Have you thought like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's I, cool. That's really cool. I think I, to be honest, I think it just comes down to one thing that I'm really excited about it myself and people, it's like a magnet when people hear me talk about it. And when I've, and I personally, every single one of these people, I personally like held out my hand and said, Hey, this is really cool. Let me teach you how to do this. And but before they started, working before we you. started doing any cool. of this stuff on this project and you know, there's this magnetism and this excitement of web three that I think is playing in my favor because once you get sucked into this world, it's just this, it's like nothing else that I've experienced culturally. I think that's so powerful, man. Um, and so, so I, you know, I've, we've levered, I've leveraged that, but it's, I think, you know, it's, they're seeing me put my time into it. I'm putting as much or more time than everyone else in the project. They're seeing my excitement, but we're also just feeding off of each other. The team is really, really talented. And so when you put a bunch of people um, together like that, so, you know, it can actually go one of two ways. You can get a whole bunch of egos in the way, in the way and there can be bad vibes and it can like stifle creativity or something really magical can happen and people feed off of each other's energy. Right. And you know, Jake on the team goes and makes a dope design and that inspires um, our artist, Sarah to go do something who she's the one doing the art for the groundhogs to go do something else. And um, Mike writes this really dope article about the project and, you know, John will read that and he gets really excited to share his, his story with other people. You know, Mike wrote this article about how he got involved and, and that's one of the things that we're trying to do with, with the GMG project is bring more people into the space. Um, and so we think the best way to do that is just to share why we like it so much and, that's so and cool. what it means to us. So, uh, yeah, I think what I just took away from that is this, to be a leader in anything, you have to be passionate about it and it has to be unrelated from finances. And if, if you start blurring those lines, they're going to know like the people that work with you, they will know, they will know why you're doing it. And so what I, what I admire and what I'm, you know, I'm taking in right now is like, number one, they trust you. You've developed relationships with them over a long period of time where you've been honest with them or they would not do that with you. Yeah. On top of that, you, you were extremely excited about it and that energy was contagious and it transferred to them directly to where now, now they all want to work with you. And I think that's, that correlates perfectly with any business. Yeah. Uh, na- name someone that's a, a major leader that hates their job. Find one mm-hmm. like that hates what they're doing. That company is not going to last long. Mm-hmm. That organization will not last long. Those relationships will not last long. Yeah. I think, um, I think you're right. Like the, the reason you doing you do the the thing shouldn't be to make money. That's actually a really hard thing to wrap your head around. So hard. Um, and and maybe it just the the sooner you can figure that out. And for me, I'm just barely learning this. <laughs> um, again, almost twenty years in to my career, 
you know, and I'd hear people say that, um, there's a leader that I've kind of looked up to. And I think a lot of people who might be listening to this know Todd Peterson, I've heard him say money is a byproduct of doing the thing and putting in the work and, and building something great. And I would hear that and I would like, you know, or you hear people say that and you're like, oh, I want to believe that, but I need money. Like I got to feed my kids. I need money to create. <laughs> yeah. I need money to create. It's easy for you to say you've, you have money, you have money. Um, and I just have, I, I don't, it's just a lie. Like none of that is true. Um, if you want to get, if you want to make something happen, um, there are ways to do it. You can, you can get creative especially if it's something that you're really excited about, people will, I mean, that's just been my experience. I've been floored actually by the caliber of people and the amount of time that they'll put into something um, with no guarantee. Um, And so, you know, um, it's the sooner you can kind of like figure that out or, and whatever it is for you, for the people who are listening that you want to do, um, I would just say I, my experience in the last 12 months has been the more I put effort towards something and the more I kind of, um, just go do things and try things, the more opportunities open. Um, and, and you, I think you said the universe kind of rewards that, you know, whatever you want to call that you put those things out and doors will open. So um, I love that. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's powerful. Um, well, I, I think the takeaways are be the type of people that be the type of person that people can trust. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I think something that's important is spend intentional time learning what you're passionate about. Like how many of us take time aside and like, I know this sounds elementary, but for me in my life to actually look back and say, Hey, this is something that I'm good at that I'm passionate about. That means that I'm acting instead of being acted upon. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the world and everything else is shaping me to do what it wants me to do versus me doing what I want to do. I think that's so powerful. Um, well, one other thing I want to say actually is um, timing is really key to all this in, in my mind. Um, you know, uh, like I said, I, I had always had ambitions to kind of go start something and we don't, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen with this project. We're going to, we've been getting some good signals from people and we're putting it out there. There's some traction. Yeah. We could say that. Um, but you know, I'd spend this like, you know, talking about getting caught up in like the hamster wheel of the career. And it's like, Oh, I want to, I wish I could go do this or I wish I could be like that guy or I wish I could be X, Y, or Z. Um, well, you know, in hindsight's 2020, in some ways I feel like it was just like the time for the thing where I could go contribute hadn't happened yet. Interesting. So like talking about this movement of web 3.0, um, this is like, I've never experienced something that I've been more excited about. Wow. And so maybe it's just not the time. Maybe, yet. maybe five years ago yeah, where you were going to be the most influential hadn't presented itself yet. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. So, so just kind of think about that too, especially for people who are kind of starting out, like timing is super important. I think it's really important to, to follow your passion and, and act upon your dreams. But if you don't know what that is yet, just give it time and, you know, spend intentional time finding that. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a, it's like this catch 22. It's like, 
you're going to die. Start now <laughs> versus like, be patient, wait yeah. for your moment. Yeah. And it's like, how do we, how do we balance that? That's, that's such yep. a difficult, I think it's kind of the same dichotomy that you find that I found in, in really successful leaders. They're extremely confident, but they're also humble. Yeah. Right. And so it, it's like, you have to toe this line. I think that's such a valuable lesson. Like listen to your intuition and be ready. Maybe, maybe that's the be right ready lesson. is, yeah, that's the, that's it. Be ready to, to act on that feeling and prep for it. Yep. And when it's there, you freaking get, you go get it. Yep. I like that. I like that a lot. Be ready. TM. Mm-hmm. G- Trademark. Good morning, yep. Groundhogs. GMG. Yeah. I love it. Um, how can, uh, how can everyone find you? And th- this, so without hyping him up, <laughs> I, he, he wouldn't want me to do this, but um, there, there is a ton of upward mobility for this project. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't understand NFTs, we didn't spend really explaining it. Go, go figure it out. It's the future. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of exciting things happening with this project. How can everybody be a part of this and, and, uh, sure. and ride, ride along? Yeah. So first of all, I would say um, it's super important if, 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 if we're talking about some of this stuff and you're like, oh, I've heard people talk about this, this is interesting. Um, go, go spend some time doing some research on it and, and really understanding it. I think there's a handful of really good resources um, that I would recommend. Um, there's a recent podcast on the Tim Ferriss show with Chris Dixon, who I referenced earlier, that's really, really good at explaining this stuff. Um, there's some other podcasts like Bankless, um, which I really like. So go, go kind of dip your toe in, but we're, uh, so we're, we're releasing an NFT project, um, that, um, is gonna allow people to purchase a digital asset from us, which is going to be a profile, um, picture. So you might have seen people like, um, Steph Curry, he has, he has an NFT project called the board ape yacht club. He's got this like blue monkey as his do you have picture. a board ape? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, number 2040. Just want to check it out. Um, so we're going to create, uh, we call them the good morning groundhogs or the GM groundhogs. We're going to sell avatars that people can go rep on, on social or put on their iMessage photo. We decided to do that because again, our, part of our ethos is we want to spread the NFT culture. And I have had more conversations started personally because I'll put, you know, one of my NFTs on my iMessage picture or I'll, you know, change my Instagram photo to that or whatever. And so we think this is really fun way to introduce new people. Um, You know, um, some of these NFTs can be really, really expensive. Um, and so a good first NFT to buy, I think, is kind of an avatar that can kind of represent you and the things you that like. you like because you like it, yep. not because you think you're going to get rich from yep, it. Yep, exactly. Okay. Um, but you could get rich. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> There's some money being made. But um, so, so we have these fun little avatars, kind of cartoons that look like groundhogs. By the way, the GM stands for good morning. Um, that's a nod to the culture that we're coming from. Um, if you go on a Twitter feed of someone who's into this stuff and follows people who are into this stuff, any time of day, um, you'll see tweets that say GM. And that's because it's, it's a global community. 
you know, there are people all over the world waking up and, and you know, just because I see it at 8 PM doesn't mean it's not 8 AM somewhere else. Right. And it's kind of the salutation where people are just positive and they like to say good morning to their friends. Um, so we wanted to pull some of that into the project and then we're, we're also going to be creating a, um, some merch to go along with it. So everyone who purchases one of our NFTs will receive our first hoodie for free. Cool. Um, and we have some really cool designs um, that we're working on again, that will kind of elicit the conversations about, um, about this culture. So the messaging on it will be something where we think people will turn heads and people will say, Hey, what does that mean? And you can say, Hey, let me tell you about this really cool thing that I'm into. Um, so yeah, you can find us on probably the best place is on, um, our website. It's gmgroundhogs.xyz is the website. Um, and we're on Twitter at GM groundhogs. So cool. That's, and that's I'll, where we're I'm going to, I'll go ahead and link those below Sure, and you can, you can jump in. Um, Roger, mm. thanks for your time. Yeah, Thank you. This been has fun. been, I, I love the reason I do this podcast is I love getting to know people on, on a deep and intimate level and um, what drives them. And so thank you for being on here. Thank you for um, creating, you know, creating and putting that out in the space and being vulnerable and adding to this movement. Yeah. We appreciate it. Let's go. Thank you.